0: So I'm doing it different. (laughs) I'm changing the way I'm setting intentions. And this is what I'm gonna do this year. I'm not gonna set intentions. Nope, I am not gonna set intentions. Hey everyone, it's Vella. Welcome to the Beauty Witch Podcast. Um, We're not doing a Zen session today. We're just gonna jump right into the episode. You're watching episode five called Sowing the Seeds, um, This Inmolk, all about how to redefine what it means to set intentions for the 2020 year. Welcome to 2020. I hope your 2019 was not awful. Mine was absolutely uh, like a garbage fire. My mental health is in that garbage fire. It is burned. It is 100% trash and garbage. And I like to call myself the self-care queen. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. But yes, I finally don't feel like everything I used to love... Okay, I finally don't hate everything that I used to love to do, so now I have the energy to make podcasts again. It's been like four months, but honestly, 2019 was bad. I don't know if it was bad for you or not, but one thing we're going to do in this podcast, is we're going to look back over last year and then um, look at this upcoming year, 2020, from the perspective of numerology and how tarot falls into all of this. Thanks to what I've learned in the Threshold course from the lovely Lindsay Mack, I highly suggest her podcast called Tarot for the Wild Soul. Love it. It is binge-worthy to me. I can listen to Lindsay's podcast all the time. And I took her uh, threshold course, and that is where I'm getting all this information about 2019 and 2020. Unfortunately, the threshold course is no longer for sale, but I suggest investing in other, um, other, other educational things that she is producing because she is amazing. Anyway, a general gist, 2019 was all about shedding that decade the 10s decade, that was, like, what the entire gist of that whole year was about, getting ready for the 20s decade, Um, and if you're, like, why are we, if you're thinking to yourself, why are we trying to set intentions now, isn't it February? Yes, and the reason why I'm making this podcast now and not publishing it in January is because January was not the time to make intentions um it was it like i read the perfect synopsis for it on instagram this uh i I think twitter this person on the internet saying the witch said it's winter why are you trying to restart your life now um look outside your window nothing is growing so neither are you and agreed i think that is the perfect point To why we would be starting our intentions now in February when spring is much closer at hand. Okay, so now that I've rambled a little bit about why I'm making this episode, I want to give you a quick outline of what the heck we're even going to be talking about in this episode. So, we're going to talk about the numerology and the tarot behind um, 2019 and 2020. So, like what kind of energies that we have dealt with and that we are going to be dealing with in the future. I'm going to talk about the um, Sabbath in bulk. And how that plays a huge role in why you want to set intentions now in February instead of in January. And then I want to talk to you guys about how I'm no longer setting intentions the same way I've done in the past. Or the same way you've probably been taught to set intentions um, in your life. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm doing it a whole different way um, that is way better for my mental health. And... We'll, we will dive into that for sure, into the trash heap that is my brain. Okay, so let's talk about the years, all right? So 2019, what the heck happened? Are we in a different reality? I don't know, and I don't know when we decided to jump realities. Was it 2012 when the year ended? Was it 2016 when Trump got elected? We don't know. All we know is in my personal opinion, 2019 was awful. And the best part is the numerology and the tarot gives me evidence that it was actually horrible. Um so if you add up the numbers, 2019, you get the number 12 and then you get the number 3. And then what you do with those numbers is you match them to their corresponding card in the major arcana and that will help give you like a better look at what those numbers mean instead of trying just to remember what the numerology says about those numbers and the reason why 12 is an okay number and you don't just choose the number three is because 12 is considered like a power number um so we're going to keep it so 12 is the Hanged Man, and 3 is the Empress. For 2019, the Hanged Man seemed to have taken the lead on the energy. And if you know anything about the Hanged Man, that's why 2019 sucked. The Empress was sort of there as a support system for the Hanged Man in terms of energy-wise. It was sort of like the secondary energy. Okay, so let's look at our tarot cards um, to sort of get a gist of how these energies relate. So I don't have autofocus on my camera, so I'll just digitally zoom in, but this is the Hanged Man card. This card, as you can see, is a dude hanging upside down. He actually doesn't look that distressed, he just kind of looks bored. And he's only hung by one leg, and he kind of puts himself in this comfortable position. He's not like dangling with his arms, he's not like struggling, he's just there. Um, You can see he has a halo around his head and um, he's only strung up by a string, and it kind of looks like you can't, I don't know how well you can see it, but um, there's like this yellow string that ties around his foot, and it goes behind the post. He's hanging on. You can't see where the string is tied to the post. You just see it sort of go over the top. So for all you know, he's just holding on to it, hanging himself. That is a very important part of this hanged man. You do not see the yellow rope on any other part of his body except for his ankle. Um, so that's the hanged man. And then we also have the empress energies. Here's the empress. She has uh, the female or a Venus sign and a little heart looks like a planchette to me she's obviously wearing a nice crown because she's the empress sitting on a throne there's lots of water around her and reeds or wheat for, for, for fertility um she's a very beautiful lady so like i said the hanged man is sort of the main energy of uh 2019 and the empress is here to support so We kind of have a visual of what these cards represent, just showed you the hanged man card upside down, and what they actually symbolize in the year is this. So the hanged man is a card about surrender. The point of the hanged man is that you are put in a position where you have to see things from a new perspective. You have to then surrender to that new new perspective. You have to surrender to that new situation. And it isn't until you've learned to be comfortable in that new position that you're able to let yourself down. And the whole point of the Hanged Man card is that you have control in the situation when you relax. If I wanted to allude it to like Harry Potter, for instance, the Hanged Man is like Devil's Snare. Once you stop fighting against it, it will release you. That is how the Hanged Man is seen. Um, the lessons the Hanged Man teaches us in tarot are also things like, like I said, surrender, let go, release, um, see from a new perspective, have an open mind, things like that. So this doesn't... This isn't a negative card per se, but a lot of times when it shows up in a reading, it can mean like stagnation. Like you're not gonna get past this obstacle until you can learn to live with it. And I definitely feel like 2019 embraced those energies. So like if we think about 2019 specifically, I think what it helped us do is it helped us think about all of the things that we learned throughout the 10s decade and in that year. And we had to sit in the discomfort that was the lessons we learned. It, the Hanged Man is almost like a re- a planetary retrograde. Like, the entire 2019 year felt like a giant retrograde to me. For me personally, a bunch of, like, issues I thought I had gotten over, a bunch of, like, inner demons that I thought I had, like like, beaten and won the battle of... A bunch of past people I thought I would never really talk to again resurfaced. Like, very retrograde feeling. Um, A bunch of hobbies that I didn't think I would ever enjoy or be into, I got into again. And some of those things were really bad. I brought up a lot of bad things. Some of those things were really good. Brought up a lot of good things. Mainly bad for me, um, to be honest. But it's okay. The hanged man told us, hey... We're bringing all this up because we want to see if, did you learn the lesson? This is your final exam of the decade. And based on how you passed, well, Did you pass or not? Were you able to release yourself from the bind that is the hanged man? I feel like a lot of us had this energy extend over into January, I for sure did. It honestly wasn't even until like a week ago in January that I felt like I was finally able to release myself from the bind, um, that I took the appropriate steps to change my perspective and truly surrender. And this energy had been going on since the beginning of 2019. So that was over a year it took me to understand those problems that I was facing, those lessons that I needed to learn, and to finally feel like I got it, that I could pass the exam, even though I had failed the rest of the year. So how does the Empress play into 2019? Well, the Empress, and I love the way Lindsay Mack explains this in her threshold course, she called the Empress the doula for the hanged man. So basically, the Empress is there to bring as to, to bring as much support to the Hanged Man as she can, and of course, I'm I'm gendering these cards right now, but there is no gender um, for these. I do want to make that very clear. I am giving them gendered pronouns. I'm sorry, but um, the Empress comes in and she gives. She doesn't let the Hanged Man down. But she does like bring him a water bottle, maybe she brings him like uh, something like a smoothie to drink so he's not hungry. Maybe she like listens to his problems while he's upside down and has having trouble seeing the new perspective. But she doesn't let him down. She doesn't release him from the discomfort. Instead, she supports him in that discomfort. And I really like that that idea that while the universe threw us this card threw us this position. We didn't get the tower. We didn't go into mass self-destruction and get like the Ten of swords. We got the hanged man. The universe is like, hey, here's your final exam. The teacher will be coming around and you are allowed to have a like three inch by three inch uh, note card with you to help you out on the exam. But that's it. So, but the teacher will come around and they'll answer any questions you have, as long as they're not going to give you an answer. I feel like that's kind of what that year was like. And how well you did on your final exam depends on how much you studied and how much you were able to embrace the fact that it is what it is. If you pass or fail, it doesn't really matter. So that was sort of 2019. And I also found that 2019 was a portal year. Personally, this is like more intuit- Intuitively, I don't have any like astrological or numerological numerology like Resources or evidence for my feelings on this, but I just feel like we were stepping through a very distinct portal into 2020. I feel like a lot of people felt that 2020 definitely felt like a renewal, a new vibe, uh, a new place to be. It didn't feel stagnant or just like another year. I don't know about you, but like 2015, 2017, 2018. I don't know the difference between any of those years. I can't recall any specific details about those years or why they were special. So I feel like we're finally getting out of that like super mundane, super apathetic f- vibe that was the 10s and the teens, and we're moving on to something more exciting. So what about 2020? 2020's numerology is a lot more simple. 2 plus 2 equals 4. So the main energy... For, numerolo- for numerology. For 2020 is the Emperor. And he is awesome. Again, I'm gendering because I'm talking about the cards like they're people. But there is no gender. You don't have, like, the Empress card is not exclusive to women. The Emperor card is not exclusive to men. Like, you can feel all these energies regardless of whatever gender you want. Or, um, are. So... In general, the numerology shows us that the emperor is for 2020. You can also bring in judgment into this um, because 20 of 2020, of have a double 20. I like to think that the judgment is sort of like the theme, overarching theme of 2020, but it's not the numerology of the of the year, which is another thing that um, Lindsay Mack sort of talks about more. She has, I like, I, I'm using her education to form that opinion. So the emperor card, if we look at him, he, first of all, is on a, is on a throne, similar to the empress, got a crown and everything. Um, he actually does not have the like Mars or uh, male symbol, like the empress had the Venus or female symbol, um, but he is sitting on a Throne. He has ram's heads like in the concrete or stone of the throne, which is very Aries, which is a sign ruled by Mars. Um, he looks like all gruff and tough. He has a nice big staff. There's mountains behind him. He's wearing armor under his cloak, like he used to be a knight. Like he's just a straight up badass. And the whole gist of this card is that you are big daddy. You got big dick energy, and you. Uh, are the boss like you're in control? You take responsibility. You are the king. You're ruling your kingdom. Um, and also the nice part about the emperor is he's not a dictator. He is an emperor. He has a lot of compassion. He cares for his subjects. Um, he embraces encouragement, um, like intuitive action, responsibility. He's very much like a fatherly figure. If that makes sense. So, um, that's the Emperor. And then if I'm going to show you the Judgment card, it's just a, it's like raptures happening in this card. It's a little angel guy with a little flag, and he's calling upon all these raptured people. You can see they are all in coffins in the water, and they're like, please take me to heaven. This card is the hardest card for me to wrap my brain around. I have no concept of, like, what Judgment means in a spiritual sense, um... If you do, leave a comment so I can help understand it. I've read so much about this card and it still makes no sense to me. Uh, yeah, but this was, like, the theme. So, unlike last year where we're trying to get a new understanding of, like, what it means to be in the life that we're living right now, and how do we deal with the things that have been uh, ailing us, and how do we just embrace those things and use our obstacles to work for us, that was 2019, 2020 is all about taking that and owning it and being a self-parent and being the boss of your own life. It's about, all right, I'm gonna crush these goals. Yeah, I may be depressed. Yeah, I may have all these problems, but you know what? I'm gonna crush these goals because I got big dick energy, regardless of your actual gender. Um, yeah, and you might find that if this, like, one thing that I think is an important distinction is last year, you came to terms with the issues you are facing. You didn't solve them. This year, you might still not solve them. But the difference is you have a different perspective. Your perspective got shifted. And so now you're like... You may, you're probably going to come to things with less ego. Um, you may find that you have a better understanding of how to possibly solve the problem, or if you're not sure how, you know how to go about finding the solution eventually. Um, It's it's more of a doing year and less of a learning year because last year was a learning year for sure. So that is the energy that's going to come with us in 2020. So, okay, now, (laughs) so we know about 2019 and how awful it was. We know about how amazing 2020 is going to be. Okay, we're ready to set intentions. We're ready to to start this whole 2020 big dick energy, big daddy, I want to be in charge energy thing. So, like, what do we got to do? Well, January is already gone. No more New Year's resolutions. Um, Let's go ahead and focus on IMLC, right? Because IMLC is actually the perfect time to set intentions for the year and not... New Year's. Okay. So I'm going to explain to you the Wheel of the Year really quick, which is a Wiccan-focused concept of how to celebrate um, the seasons or the year in a cyclical fashion. Like I said, it's mainly a Wiccan thing, but many other witches and pagans do follow this um, Wheel of the Year concept. (coughs) You get eight Sabbaths or holidays. And the holidays are typically, like, fashioned, or they are created around ancient um, agricultural customs and traditions, old Celtic fire festivals um, or harvest festivals, and then also, like, the solstices and equinox. So it eventually creates this, like, really well-timed, seasonal-focused, cyclical, earth-based holiday season, basically. Also, when you hear, like, Christmas was a traditionally pagan holiday, this is sort of what those call-up posts mean. It's like, the holiday Yule is the winter solstice, and a long, 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 long long time ago, certain ancient, mainly Eurocentric, um, cultures celebrated Yule or the winter solstice a specific way, and uh, Christian and Catholic people took those traditions Made it about Jesus, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So Immok is a very similar um, holiday. It is on the second of February. It is not a like Christian stolen holiday, like uh, Ostara, aka Easter, Yule, aka Christmas, things like that. But it's one of my favorite holidays. It's Celtic. It um, focuses a lot on the Goddess Beltane and of springtime. I am a spring junkie. Imilk has always called to me. Imulk is a complicated holiday, though, because it is the first Sabbath of the calendar year. But it is kind of the second Sabbath, and that's because the Wheel of the Year is a circle and not a line. In the calendar year, you're used to doing holidays in a linear focus. We don't call the 2019 Christmas this Christmas because it's 2020. That was last Christmas. We would call the upcoming Christmas in 2020 this Christmas, um, even though we're closer to the 2019 Christmas, you know what I mean? In the Wheel of the Year, things are more cyclical, so Like, there's no start or end. It was just Yule. And the way I celebrate Yule is a celebration of going internal. Of understanding your, like, where you are at. It's a hibernation period. It is the beginning and it is the end. It's about um, digesting your lessons and confronting your demons head-on. AKA having boss fights, basically. Um, uncovering your true desires for what you want out of life. It's about going in deep, deep in the soul and really embracing what is there. Sort of like how, and it's also on the the shortest day of the year. So there's a lot of nighttime during that Sabbath. Um, it's typically called the dark night of the soul. And so because Yule is sort of this zero Sabbath, if you're going to think about it in a linear sense, Immokab comes after that, but one comes after zero, not two, so that, but, like, if you start your digits at zero, one would technically be the second digit, so that's why Imok is, like, this weird, like, first and second holiday of the year, of the wheel of the year, so I celebrate it as sort of of a continuation of Yule, of, like, okay, I went inside, I faced my demons, I know I found truth, I know what I want, I know what I'm facing. Immolk is about how do I turn this into something beautiful. So the season of Immolk is about embracing the upcoming uh, spring and getting ready for it. It's not spring yet, but if you are a gardener, you know that you can't just start planting when it's already warm and beautiful and spring outside. You miss the boat, basically. You have to start planting during winter, or at least prepping your garden. Um, this is when like, lamb are being born, this is when crocuses are being um, bloomed. It's like the perfect representation of early, early spring and the idea of sowing seeds, aka setting intentions. Um, it's also the perfect time to do spring cleaning, by the way, is in like February and really early March. But it's, it's these energies that come into play, these like, rumblings of spring, of like, okay, the snow is melting, I hear birds now, I can see the green grass like through all of the snow and the dead leaves, like, it's these energies where the earth is working underground, and maybe you can't see everything yet, but things are starting to happen that make it the perfect time to set intentions. So like I said, I'm done setting intentions the way I've always been told to do it. I don't know about you. But the law of attraction tells you that you need to set super clear and specific intentions because if you're not super specific, the universe doesn't know what you want. And so you have to be like, I want $666 so that way I can go see my chemical romance at Riot Fest with a full VIP pass and um, free food and things like that. You need to be super specific. Well, I hate that. I, it doesn't work for me. And I don't think it works for a lot of people. It's, and the funny thing is, it's not like a universe, it's not like a specifically law of attraction um, method. It's very, like, this idea of super specific goals is very universal across, like, goal um, setting, uh, like, thoughts or practices. For instance, the idea of smart goals. I don't know if you've heard of a smart goal... We used to do them in my day job when I worked in an office when I was in marketing. But basically, SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable. Attainable. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Timely Goals. Um, And a good example, like from a marketing or business perspective, would be my company will make this amount of money in this amount of time, or this amount of dollars every month. So I took that concept because I was in marketing for a lot of years and uh, I knew like the method to creating these goals. So I would apply that to my life during my intention setting processes and I would write down things like, I will run two miles every day or I will work two hours every day after my day job from the hours of 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Or something a little less specific, like, I will have a new moon ritual every month. But I would write these very specific goals down, and I actually did it again to myself. I don't have my planner. But I did it again to myself in January. And it wasn't until uh, the Immolk February energy started to really, like, show themselves that I was like, This is dumb. This is a dumb idea. And let me tell you why it was a dumb idea. It was too structured. And I am a control freak. And so what happened was I set a really specific goal. I maintain that goal for a good like week depending, maybe a month if it's a monthly goal. And then I screw up one time. Let's say the goal was I run 2 miles every day. Okay. I do really well for a full week and I even in my goal planning I set myself like rest days. I'm like, "Oh, I'll I'll run Uh, a total of 10 miles a week, so I'll run two miles every day, but I'll give myself two days off. And I get to decide those two days off during the week every week. It's not going to be the same. So I do that for like maybe a week, maybe two weeks. And then the next week, I accidentally have three rest days because A, I'm either sick, B, it's icing outside. I literally can't go outside and run. Or C, I just forget. I'm just tired. And guess what I do? Instead of being like, hey, that's cool. You got it next time. No worries. I, I just give up on the whole thing. I just straight up give up and I beat myself up over it. Uh, I consider the entire thing in myself a failure and I scrap it. And then instead of just, oh, and then there's two options. I either freak out and I'm like, obviously the goal wasn't specific enough. Specific enough. Obviously I didn't plan it well enough to my personal nature. So I make it even worse, and I say something like, well, it's hard to run outside, so instead I'm going to go buy a gym membership, and I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to run two miles every day at the gym. I can't, can't get out of that excuse. Or, I just drop the whole idea of exercising or running, and I'm like, I know I love to run, never going to run again. Didn't work for me, tried it one time, (coughs) not going to work ever again. Um, I will just dissolve my exercise routine into complete chaos, and I just won't exercise. That is how I used to set intentions. And that cycle would happen to me every time. And then I would sit here and be like, I'm dumb, I am the worst person, I have no self-discipline, I'm not worthy of success, I don't deserve happiness because I can't stick to a crazy, crazy goal um, that makes no sense or that is extremely unattainable. Even if it feels attainable, or other people have attained it before, it just like, doesn't mean it's gonna, I'm going to be able to do it. So obviously, I don't deserve whatever I wanted out of this. Um, and then I would just do it over and over and over again. And I would forget, too. So I would be like, oh, I know that like four months ago I told myself I was going to run, but I don't remember what that goal is, so I'm just going to tell myself I'm going to run 10 miles every week. So I'm doing it different. <laughs> I'm changing the way I'm setting intentions. And this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm not going to set intentions. Nope, I am not going to set intentions. Instead, I decided that I'm going to set values for how I'm going to live in 2020. There is no level of success. There is no measure for what is good versus bad. All it is, is I'm going to set values. And so, like, you're probably like, what? (laughs) What, what is the value? So this is, this is how I came up with this idea. During this dark night of the soul work that I did around Yule time and in January, I realized that there are places in my life where I'm lacking fulfillment. And in the past, what I would have done is I would have come up with those. I would have been like, okay, well, I don't feel fulfilled in my energy sources or my ability to feel focused So I'm going to set this extremely overstructured goal so that way I can find that fulfillment of running or exercising constantly so I can have more energy and more like mental clarity. This time I'm going to switch it. I'm going to focus on finding the underlying thing or like the fulfillment fill-in-the-blank thing that I want and I'm just going to focus on how can I live that fulfillment value every day and the structure will just happen organically and you're still probably like what and we will get into it so i'm going to just tell you the three i picked three values i I kept it simple i picked three values for what i'm going to focus on in 2020 um and then i'm going to explain them to you and what they are so my first value for 2020 is gratitude that is the first thing i want to focus on in every day of 2020 So the reason why I picked gratitude is because, in my opinion, it is the first step to releasing the ego, and I personally just really need a big ego release. And also, I'm very bad at gratitude. I'm good at feeling grateful, but I don't do it in a way that is purposeful. I oftentimes find myself suddenly in a state of gratitude, of just, like, suddenly being like, oh my, oh oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this, instead of actively seeking it out. And I do want to actively seek it out. I feel like it would make me feel more appreciative of the kind of life I have. It would make me feel more like I can surrender more easily from the hangman energies that are still um, around in the air from 2019. So instead of creating a structured goal, like I will write five gratitude sentences in my journal every single night before I go to bed. And then if I don't do that, obviously I'm not grateful and I'm useless. So instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to think about how to be grateful every day. And it's going to look different every day. So some days it's just like, I'm going to hug my dogs really hard because I'm grateful they're like cute and, and snorty. Um, other days, maybe I will do a really nice surprise for my partner. Like, I will do all of his laundry for his work. Um, I'll clean his garage. Maybe I'll do something like that. Maybe it's literally thanking someone, like thanking one of my coworkers for pulling through and covering me on a shift. Like, I just want to be more intentional. Like, find gratitude in my everyday life, and when I do find it, go into it with full force. What it is doesn't like, the how doesn't matter. It's the what. It's the gratitude. So these actions will help me live my gratitude value every day. So my next uh, value I want to live every day in 2020 is stillness. Or, like, stillness on the way to grounding. It's sort of like a twofer. Um, because I desperately need to be grounded in my life. But I'm hoping to accomplish that by finding Stillness, and I know this is a value I want because I started gardening last year. I Suck at gardening. I suck at keeping plants alive. I'm surprised any of the plants that you may see in this video are alive at all Um, (laughs) That's surprising to me, but it was through embracing Embracing these faults of mine and still going for it. Nature helped me a lot achieve uh, the things I did in my garden But I would actively go out to my garden every day, I would pick out weeds or plants that I didn't want in my garden, I would dig new holes for new seeds, I would harvest plants. It was like through that act of like just being silent, being with nature, and um, touching the earth that I was able to find stillness and grounding. And I want to feel that every day. I've also found that feeling of stillness and grounding in times where I'm doing a lot of physical movement or creative uh, energy releases. For instance, running or cardio has helped me find stillness, especially when I do not listen to anything and I'm going outside. I I find myself very much in the moment, in the present moment, which is good, and I would consider stillness. Um, Playing music or doing artwork for me, is another method of being very still and finding the ability to be grounded. And it has a bonus. Uh, Oh, I also have Headspace now because I work at Starbucks and they give out Headspace, so I do, like, sleep casts. I can do meditation when somebody's talking to me, but I cannot just meditate on my own. So that could be another instance of finding stillness, obviously. But as a bonus, as someone with awful body image issues... Stillness and grounding is going to force me to be actively present in my body, which means I'm going to have to learn to accept it as it is in that moment then. So I'm hoping that will also help with things like gratitude um, and helping me overcome shame where it's not needed. So that's my second value. So I I have gratitude as my first value, stillness or grounding as my second value, and then my third value is routine. And you're probably like, didn't we just talk about no structure or anything? Why are you bring a routine into this? Well, I'm not going to give up routines. I'm going to give up overly specific goals. So this is the difference. I want routines in my life so I have something to grasp onto when I feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel like if you have trash mental health like I do, you can relate to this. I'm sure there have been many times where you suddenly have energy to do something productive, but you don't know what to do. And then the idea of not knowing what to do is overwhelming. Do you clean the house? Do you take a shower and do like a full skincare routine? Do you declutter all of your closet? Do you create that art piece that you've been wanting to create? Do you write in your journal? Do you like look for jobs or like find a scholarship for the classes you want to take? Like, do you you go through and organize and budget your bank account? Like all of these things are so overwhelming when you don't know what to do. So I want to create routines that allow me to have a sense of purpose for when I find myself in the position to do the routine, if that makes sense. Um, And also, routines are not the same as, like, like goals. There's no morality. Um, There's no good or bad with the routine. It's just there. A good example, oh I want to bring this back to the emperor real quick. The routine part of the value is all about the emperor card. I'm in like this isn't the self-parent part of me that's like, okay we definitely need to find stillness, we definitely need to like find gratitude, but girl you gotta get your life together. We're gonna work on that in a super easy way that you can handle. So that's like where the emperor comes in for me specifically. So, like I said in the past, I would create an overly structured routine. So let's, let's give a different example from running, for instance. Let's do skincare. In the past, I would set a routine that's like, I'm gonna do skincare every single day. So that'd be my goal. And then I'd set a routine that I'd follow. That would be the routine I wanna follow every single day. And then, if I couldn't follow the routine every day, like even if I followed part of it, like let's say the skincare routine was cleanse my face, exfoliate, serum, moisturize. Simple, right? Let's say one day I just moisturized, that's it. I would beat myself up for not following the skincare routine, when and where, and how I told myself specifically to do it. And then I would, like, it was just awful, like, for my self-esteem. No one should do that to themselves. I would tell myself, like, you have an awful work ethic. Like, you can't even do your full skincare routine. Like, you have no motivation. Obviously, you're not worthy of the clear skin you want. I don't wanna do that. So instead of making it about a goal, I'm just gonna make it about a routine. And like I said, there's no morality. So the whole point is, if I'm in the shower and I'm suddenly like, you know, I have time to do skincare. Instead of being like, oh no, how do I do skincare? What do I do, like, should I exfoliate today? Do I do a whole face mask? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Instead of that, I have a routine that I can use. So I can say, oh. I have time to do skincare, I know exactly what to do because I've already established the routine I'm supposed to be doing. I already have all the products I need and all the place I'm supposed to do it. Perfect, I'll do it today, sounds great. And then I have routines for other things. So um, I've established a routine for chores, um, which is one of my favorite routines. I have no time for when it's supposed to get done. I just know that if I find myself with the ability to do it, what I should do, is gather all the dishes around the house, rinse them, put them in the dishwasher, and then start a load of laundry. It's my chores routine. If I can do that, if I can only do half of it, that's fine. If I can do it every day, that's awesome. If I miss a day, doesn't matter. Just it's nice. If I find myself with energy and the time and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna run my I'm gonna run my chores routine real quick. Got it. That's it. So I'm going to do, so I have uh, more routines I want to create. I want to create like a work routine. And when I say work, I mean like the podcasts and things like that. I want to create an actual workout routine, um, a routine that prioritizes creativity and music and um, a routine around my pets. Like how can I nurture them? How can I really give them true attention? Things like that. So those are the three values that I want to bring into my life for 2020. I want to um, invite you to also think about setting values instead of intentions this year um, to help guide you through the year. So I just want to share with you what I'm going to do for IMOX. So on that Sunday, I wanted, I want to paint visual reminders of my values on canvas and then hang them. There's a nice big empty spot right here on my wall where it'd be nice to hang them. I want to go out and cleanse my spiritual space, which is this room, and begin working in my garden, assuming weather permits, which would be a part of the stillness value. I want to write down in journal what kinds of routines I want to establish in my life. That would be the routine value. And then I want to spend time with my loved ones. We'll probably watch the Super Bowl or a movie, I don't know. Um, But I just want to spend real intentional time and... Hey, like do like no media um hangout sesh basically (laughs) yeah so uh, thanks for hanging out with me for this podcast like I said I want to invite you to set your own values for 2020 um I want you to think about ways you can lower the expectations you set on yourself specifically if you have a problem with being over controlling or a perfectionist like me How can you remove morality from your intentions? How can you remove the idea that um, like, whether or not you're able to achieve a goal says something about who you are as a person? I want you to think about those kind of things for 2020 because I feel like it'd be a healthier way to set some intentions or values or whatever for this upcoming year. Thanks for hanging out with me. Go check out Lindsay Mack. Um, I'm going to set... I'm going to share her podcast somehow, put a link or something like that in the bio. There's a link in the podcast to her website. Um, Yeah, don't forget, if you wanted to read this this podcast, like read it as a blog, so you want to set it in your brain more or you're just a reading kind of person, you can go to my website and read it there. Thanks again. I'll see you guys later. Bye.